This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. A uh, lot of episodes coming at you this week, but you know what? It's We've been waiting long enough. There's, there's basketball here to talk about and uh, lots going on, so... Why the hell not? Uh, draft is next week. Free agency shortly after that. We're packing them in. In the meantime, joining me on today's episode, if you're on Nick's Twitter, if you like hip hop, um, if you're just anyone, you should know who this person is. Um, Sky Zoo. He is a returning guest on the pod. He came on... Um, I think it was a year and a half ago. We had a back and forth about Frank Nilakina. Thankfully, we did not spend much of today's show talking about Frank. We got into a lot of other topics. It was a great conversation. I am uh, sure that you're going to enjoy it. So uh, stay tuned for that coming up in a minute. Of course, always our reminder. Um, my bookie, our friends at my bookie, got some skin in the game where the odds boost lightning deals and free bets await all season long. Thanksgiving's around the corner. There's really no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first time customer or been playing with my bookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets and contests that they offer every single week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, get paid. Um, there's also a full-fledged casino platform, gives you access to table games, slots, anything you possibly want. And the best part is they never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the lights have gone out. Most importantly, if you sign up at MyBookie today and use the promo code OVERTIME, you get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to 1000 bucks. Terms are simple. Put in $200, they'll match you with another 100 in your account. So, yeah, up to 1000 If you were already planning on betting this season, this is free money. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in all the fun and win some cash while you're at it. That is all before we get now to my interview with SkyZoo. Joining me now on the next film school podcast. He is a, I am proud to say he is a returning guest, although it has been too long since he has been on. Um, he's a multi-time billboard charting rapper from Brooklyn. Of course he is from Brooklyn. Every great rapper is from Brooklyn. He has worked with Pete Rock, Will Smith, Dr. Dre, The Locks, Wale, Jill Scott, Spike Lee, John Legend, Black Thought, Quelly, ghostwriter for people on the radio who we cannot mention here. Because, you know, this is we, we got to keep things above board. We can't we can't be getting too crazy. Sky Zoo. What's going hey, on? Man? What's up, brother? What's going on? 
Oh, you know how it is. You know how it is. We um we've been circling this one for a while. You know, we we chat offline um a good amount about things. And uh I think you were on it was about it was I know it was February, but it wasn't February this year, it was February last year, right? It might have been this year. I think was it? I think it, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, I think it was two years. It was almost two years ago now. Okay. I know, I know um, it was me and bro. Shout out to my brother, bro. It was me and bro in there with you. Every time I see on my timeline, someone, someone tweets something about Frank Nilakina and then somebody just retweets with the laughing, crying emojis. I don't even have to look. I know it's bro. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you know, the thing about bro, bro is, um, bro is like the world wide west of, of the, of outside, like (laughs) everybody, everybody know bro, but you don't know how you like, yo, how is he connected to everybody? But he is, he's been like that his whole life. You know what I mean? We from the same neighborhood. So like he'd been like that forever. Like bro's like the worldwide West of outside, you know, really just being, you know, just with the people like bro, bro is like the worldwide West in our world. You know what I mean? You know, everybody, you don't get a nickname like a bro. Unless you earn it, literally just bro, you know, that's just bro. <laughs> oh, no. Um, what, so I should know this. What which neighborhood in Brooklyn are you from? So if you know where Biggie grew up, St. James, uh, St. James between Gates and Green, Big was on Fulton, and I grew up on uh between Gates and Green. So you were you were right there up the block, yeah. So you we are about the same age. So that means you were. I was a kid. You know, people always ask like, "Yo, did you?" Was you hanging out with Big and like, nah, I was like 12. Big was like 20 and I was 12. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, but um, just being being a little kid, you know, what was that? Like sixth, seventh grade and like seeing the biggest rapper in the world, you know, start from one place and then go to another. And um, that was all the inspiration one needed. You know what I mean? I was already rhyming as a little kid, but that was all inspiration one needed because it was like, yo, he's literally from up the block. Like we would go to the store and run around and playing ball and bugging out on the block and we would pass him and Junior Mafia and D-Rock and all of them every day. But they was just guys in the neighborhood. They wasn't on yet. They were in the neighborhood. And then one day, cameras is in the neighborhood filming the Juicy video. We like, yo, what's going on? And we're like 11 years old. We're like, yo, what the hell's going on? And then video then the songs on the radio and then you know there's bad boy posters all over the neighborhood and big is the the biggest thing in the world and like you listen to ready to die like that that album is about my neighborhood you know what i mean so you had the whole world playing a soundtrack that was made about your neighborhood you know so that was all the inspiration somebody like me needed as a kid but i was a little kid you know what i mean i never had no Yo, big, what up? Yo, that's my man, big. Nah, I was, how many 21 year olds is hanging out with 12 year olds? But you knew who he was coming up. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, nobody in the hood looked like him. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> off the rip, nobody in the hood looked like him. So, you knew who he was even before the music. Um, and he was, you know, he was a neighborhood celeb before he became a worldwide celeb. So, rest in peace to the greatest for sure. It, you know, it's interesting because I, you know, I'm here, I am a white kid growing up in the suburbs and like we, you know, going to your little parties and whatnot, yeah. you know, so some parents would hire a DJ, it, there's no rap music playing. And then I'll never forget. It was, it was an eighth grade started going to parties and, and hypnotized. Like every, every, every little party you go to hypnotize beyond be, yep. they played it. Absolutely. And that was, I mean, it wasn't my introduction to, to rap. I, I actually 
I'm trying to think. Pro- believe it or not, probably Buster was my my first. That was that's he, a great starting point, that's dude. Buster Pop, my he's still to this day he's still my that's my guy. Like everybody has their guy. New album is awesome, dude. He's there, there's no one. That's the thing. There's nobody like Biggie. There's no one like Buster. He's not. Absolutely. No one's Biggie, but um, you know. And then you know you fast forward a couple of years. I started. Uh, you know, DJ, my, so one of my, I, I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast. One of my first jobs in college was as a DJ. I used to DJ at really? bars in Manhattan. That's wild. I'm like, yeah, man. And, um, you know, it, the bars were like very, it, they were pretty conservative, but 50 came along and he made it okay to play hip hop in like, it don't, it didn't matter what bar you were. If you weren't playing in the club, you may, you remember when in the club job. You know, and and then it then it's like it became okay, and you could still put on Biggie, you know, however many years after he passed, and it, nothing got it going like yeah. Biggie. Thomas, man, Thomas music, word up. Yeah. Um. All right. So there's gonna be basketball pretty soon. Yeah. Let's let's do what we came here to do. We're what uh, what are we a a week out from the draft, a month out from the league starting? Yeah. It's uh. The it's, turnaround is dope, man. As a fan, you know, if you was playing in the bubble and you've been home for a week, now you got to go back to work. I feel for you. You know what I'm saying? But as a fan, yeah, the turnaround is it, you know? I think as a fan, the turnaround, it, I'm I'm excited for it personally. Obviously, you know, it's been a long time since I was able to write about actual Knicks stuff as opposed to, you know, draft rumors and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but, like, I got to think the Knicks play. Like, Bobby Porter's tweeted out, earlier today he's like i'm ready to hoop like i gotta think some of these guys who are on teams even you know talk, your, your boy carmelo it's been a while since he you know portland was 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 there these guys got to some of these guys got to be ready to go yeah especially if you look at like the delete eight like you said like with us with the knicks and the hawks and you know what i mean different teams that didn't make it to the bubble yo y'all been off since march you know what I mean? Like crazy long time. You come back slumping, or you gonna come back firing? Because this is the longest break heads have ever had. You know? Yeah. Um. But we're almost back. Um. We got so a couple things before game. So first things first, we got the draft is a week away. Yeah. Um. I don't know if you're like me. I've if you if I add up all the amount of time I've thought about every draft you know, covering this before, whatever. Oh, if I add it all up, it doesn't add, add up to how much time I spent talking, thinking about this draft. I'm on it all day. Likewise, <laughs> man, it's, it's, I'm, I'm so ready to get to the night of the 18th where, you know, Nick's Twitter is on fire. One oh, way yeah. or another about what we should have did or what we shouldn't have did, or, <laughs> you know? So um, I'm, I'm so ready to know where we're going next, you know? Do you, is there, I, let me start. I want to start actually here. Is there one thing that you don't want them to do in particular that you're just like, if this, as long as this doesn't happen, I'm, I'm cool. I don't want them to ignore shooting and cause we need that badly. And I don't want them to sleep on certain people. Like I, I, I want them, even if you don't take a certain person, like let the reason be your reason and not just because you heard. Cause people well, I say so. I was that guy, you know, I, I heard he fallen. So, you know, like, well, why is he falling? Why, why is why is the talk quiet now? You know what I mean? But but Leon's an awesome dude and he's a he's a smart dude. So I don't see him drinking the Kool-Aid like past regimes. You know what I mean? It sounds like you're talking about Cole Anthony. 
Oh yeah, nah, and 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 you know, I'm not saying we can just say it. It's okay. No, no, check it. I'm I'm not saying uh we should take him with the eight, but what I am saying is like don't sleep because there, there's a reason why this kid was the number one rated point guard. What like eight months ago? You know what I mean? Like yeah, no, it was a long reason time. why this kid was looked at as like yo, he is the one. So if you look at what he did in North Carolina, and then you look at what he didn't have around him, you know what I mean? Like you got to take all that into consideration and be like. The kid had 18, 5, and 4, you know what I mean, while being hurt, while playing with nothing around him. I mean, didn't didn't the coach say um it was like the worst roster he'd ever had? Yep, absolutely. You know I mean? So when people be clowning, son, on online, on Nick's Twitter and all that, you got to think about that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's you, you can't you can't erase or forget about everything he's already done and everything he's been doing just because of what happened in North Carolina, where if he would have went to – Villanova, if he'd have went to Duke, if he would have went to Michigan, whatever, it could have been a whole different talk. And he it could have been like, yo, he's gonna be top three. <clears throat> Solely because of the choice that he made as far as the school, which who would have turned down UNC? You know what I mean? So um, you know, I, I don't think I, I think they they really need to keep keep the radar going with son. I'm not saying I, take him at eight, because like don't pull a Daniel Jones, right? Like you knew Daniel Jones was yeah. at 17. So yeah. why take him at Whatever he what he went six, you know, like why take him at six when you know he's gonna be there at 17? Same thing. Like, I'm not saying you gotta take him at eight, because he should he should be around. He should be he's not gonna make it to the second round, but oh no. I mean, I read I remember reading a little while ago, someone was like, Oh yeah, some people have him and you know, not as a first rounder at this point. I'm like, come on. Two two things I think you gotta remember with Cole Anthony. One, the injury was a real thing that happened, you know, that, that affected him. And two, it's like, and this, you know, this will get into probably something we'll touch on in a bit. You know, I, I hate, I hate, I don't ever want to say anything bad about draft Twitter because I think draft Twitter, like people do their homework. Right. And I consider myself, you know, I, I like, I think about the game in a certain way that, that runs counter to, I think how the other people may think about it, but it's so easy for you to forget at the end of the day, you you have to have people who create buckets on your team. Yeah, hundred percent. There's a role for them, and there's ways that they could get made to look bad and marginalized. And but at the end of the day, every team has those guys, and you need them. If you don't have them, you're not. You just you can't win basketball games. It doesn't matter what what you're trying to do. And he, as far as just creating something from nothing, Cole Anthony's. I mean, there's not many guys better than him in this draft. Six three point guard, handle speed, hops, uh, vision when he needs it. People talk about him having tunnel vision in North Carolina. Who was he going past to? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so you got to think about that. Like, you know, um, I remember another six three point guard who Tibbs had his hands on, and I'm not saying Cole is, is Derrick Rose because Derrick Rose was generational. Yeah. But if anybody that could take that athleticism and that raw get to the bucket anytime he want mentality and figure out how to mold it the right way, it is Tibbs. You know what I mean? So I, I would not be surprised if Cole Anthony was one of the three picks that we made because you got a guy like Tibbs, like, yo, that's like a diet Derrick Rose right there. Like, I could do something with that. He ain't Derrick Rose, but he's like a diet version. Like, I could do something with that. You know what I mean? Like, there's I don't want to get rid of Dennis because he look at him the same way. Like, you hear the word about how Tibbs like Dennis. It's yeah. like, yo, he sees it like, yo, he's not Derek, but there's a little bit, there's something in there slightly similar. I think I could tweak that a little bit. You I know? mean, I was, I was hearing over the summer when, when, uh, after Tibbs got hired, he was going to visit Dennis, uh, when he was doing just his 
his workouts. I mean, it came out later. He was shooting around with Mamou Abdul-Rauf and, and a couple of people. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're ready to give up on Dennis Smith Jr. They're not because they know the talent. And and, and this is just me from the outside looking in. This ain't sure. on the insider. But, like, you could just see it because, yo, Dennis is nice. You know what I mean? Like, he had a horrible year because of everything that happened, you know, from the loss of his stepmoms to the injuries to yeah. the order to – no structure and okay, this guy's the coach today. Okay, tomorrow that guy's the coach. Like, you know what I mean? Like he had a horrible year, no doubt about it. And I'm if you go back years ago on, on my Twitter, I was dentist out, like, yo, we need Dennis, we need Dennis. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like Dennis should leave for his benefit. You know what I mean? Like he should get a fresh start. But if they're gonna give him the opportunity to get a fresh start, I was about to say it has to it, it, if it's real here, yeah. If it's real here, right then the new regime gives him that shot, then let him rock. You know what I mean? If he was to leave or get traded or ask for a trade, I wouldn't be mad because I'm like, yo, you know what? Dennis should leave because he kind of deserves a clean slate to really cook the way he deserves. But if they're going to let him rock and give him that leash, then go for it. Because Dennis is nice. Like, everybody will be trying to tear Sun down. DSJ, is, he's not a joke. Like, he's for real. He had a bad year, no doubt about it. But he's for real. It, it makes, you know, you think about environment, in, in the NBA and how much it has to do with whether certain guys succeed or certain guys Absolutely. fail. It's like, you know, a lot of talk about Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. And I think the attractive thing for teams about I'm and I'm iffy on him. I think the attractive things for teams about him is like you bring him in and you don't need to worry about any of that. We, meanwhile, a guy like Anthony Edwards, you hear maybe he's slipping, you know, teams are afraid. And it's a question of like, okay, well, does he have the mentality to come in and, and, care about winning and all that stuff you need to kind of mold that type of type of dude and like dennis i felt like i feel like coming out of nc state he needed i don't know if structure is the right word but there he definitely needed something right to to get him on the right path and and you look at how his career has been since then it's it's unfortunate so who not to even cut you but no yeah his rookie year in dallas was i he oh, the numbers, the numbers were really good. He made it all um he made an all rookie team. Yeah, his rookie year in Dallas was all right. Like if anybody else as a starting point guard had that rookie year, they'd have been like, yo, we got something. It but just, even when he came here at first, I still remember I talk about it sometimes on the pod that, that one of those the first games was against Detroit. He got to the line, whatever it was, 18 times or 15 half the times. Season, he cooked. He cooked. Yeah. No, no, he he looked that that guy is still in there. It's just a matter of you just gotta bring him out. Yeah, you got to bring him out. Your your dream draft night. Who who do they give me some guys that maybe they you know, end up with? It's so all over the place because of how all over the place the actual draft is, right? I know. Tell I, me about I, it. Like, like people talk about how it's such a bad draft, which it is. Well, it, it's not. I don't want to say bad because that's a slight to all these kids who've been working hard their whole life who are extremely nice in comparison to the average person walking around the playground, but. It's not what we're used to as far as, yo, this guy's the top guy, that whatever, whatever. I think that's what makes the night so must-see TV. (laughs) Like, Because when you knew it was Zion and you knew it was Jod, you knew it was RJ, it was like, I can miss the first 20 minutes of the draft. We know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? On years past, you know, the year with Markel and Lonzo and all them, you knew the whole order. You knew Lonzo was going to the Lakers. You knew Markel was going to Philly. You knew – Like Chuck. You knew it. So – this, we have no idea what's going to happen. And I think as a fan, that's what makes it so exciting. So the fact that the draft isn't a sure shot and it's a little shaky, it's going to be nuts. Like, I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sitting down. Yeah, I, I got my brew. I'm, I'm not 
listen, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm locked in the whole three hours because this thing is going anywhere. So going back to what you were saying, um, it depends on so much, man. I really wish they were talking about him a little more in uh, in Blue and Orange, but I love Aaron Neesmith, man. I love really. Him. Yo, fifty-two percent from three is undebatable. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, and I know he got hurt, but people act like he did that over three games. He did that over fourteen games. Like that's a it's a lot of games to shoot fifty-two percent from no, three. It, it's real, and he's he's not a guy who needs to be stationary either. He's yo, he moves. He could get it off off the dribble. He could get it planted whether it's Novak with like you know how Novak would stay planted and hit it he could do that whether he's moving off the handle he could do that like I love Aaron Neesmith for what we have you know can I, mean? I can I tell you something getting into the weeds of this draft I'm I'm thinking my personal opinion is I think Leon Rose is trying to pick up assets that's what I think he's trying to do I think they're trying to stock the asset base get stuff in there, get more picks, either to trade those picks or get young players to develop and maybe be trade assets in a year. Right. If that Boston trade is there, where we could trade eight for 14, 26, and 30. I'm not saying it will be, but if it's there, I'm wondering, is 14, 26, and 30? Boston has all three of those picks. Right, so we have 14, 26, 27, 27 30. 30, and 38. That's five picks. Now, they're not going to roster five rookies, but maybe there's another trade that they make where they package something like we talk about Cole Anthony. Maybe they package two things together to move up to yeah. get Cole. And I'm thinking, okay, they trade down to 14. That means let's, you know, Kyrie Lewis could go. Devin Vassell could go. Patrick Williams could go. Isaac, Cor- like all these guys could go. Where is their, where's their floor where it's like, they want to end up with this guy. And Neesmith is the guy who I keep coming back to. I'm like, if, if this was the first guy that they was off their you know, in there, you know, wearing the, the blue and orange hat like you have, um, would they be okay with that? And I keep coming back to it because he's him and Maxi are the two guys that I'm asking myself that question about. Like if they yeah. got one of them, would they be happy with that? Yeah, I think um, I, I don't think they take Aaron at eight, but I think if they, no, I don't either. They would. I think if they traded back to like a 12 or 14, they would. Will he be around? Possibly. Um, I think you said it. Did you say? That he oh no you had you had Wasserman on who said that Phoenix was was into him right? Feet well Phoenix I think he he fits the profile of Phoenix. Um, you well, know, how many, but fe- how many I, small forwards? How many shooting small forwards are they gonna have in Phoenix before they get Devin Booker somebody who could dribble? You know what I mean? Well, like, well let's talk about it. Let's pivot to the side for a second. So and we can come back to the draft. We sure. we'll come back to the draft, but so this. You know we're recording this late on on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to put this up a little bit later in the week. Who knows what's going to be reported by then? I mean, I may have to put a little intro to, to update this, but CP3, um, you know, Phoenix is apparently. So I found that interesting. I'm sure, sure you saw the tweet, you know, from Brian Windhorst saying that they're engaged in discussions. We know teams are talking, by the way, right? Like that. Yeah, it's like there, there's conversations going on, and I don't think they're gonna break any news until the moratorium is lifted. On I guess it's gonna be I guess it's gonna be Monday. Yeah. Um. But to me, that tweet signals to me more than just two teams having a conversation. Yeah. If they said they're engaged, I, I haven't seen the word engaged. Yes. Yeah. February since the trade deadline. Yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't been out there. Word engaged on an NBA tweet since then. So. That means where there's smoke, there's fire to me. You know what I mean? I think it's a brilliant move 
for Phoenix, um, who hasn't really made certain headline moves and I don't know how long. Um, I think since it's Steve still- Nash. It's been it's been since Nash and, and Stoudemire. Right. And and I think they're looking at it like they had a little taste. They had a taste in the bubble. They went eight and oh. So they're like, yo, like, listen, we had a taste of success. Yeah. You know, let's go. Like, we gotta go all out. We like we've proven with the roster we do have that we could do something. Imagine if we really said, you know what? Forget it. Let's do it. You know what I mean? And and they went and got a CP3 or somebody like that. So um, I think it's a, a brilliant move for them. I mean, I would love for him to be here with us. You know, there, there's pros and cons to it like anything else. But, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a home run for them. They do that with the season they just had in the bubble. Forget it. Like, they might really be on to something. Well, they're, I, to me, you have to pencil them in as a play. Well, so, we're, okay, we're, we're getting even more off track. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring us back at some point. But so let's look at the West real real quick. I know it's a Knicks podcast, but I'm, I'm curious what, what you think about this. So we got – we got the LA teams. They're not going anywhere. We mm-hmm. got we got Golden State. Golden State gonna be back. They'll be good. Um, we got Denver. I think Denver's gonna be back, right? That's four oh, teams. That's absolutely. four teams right there. Okay. Denver's for real. Denver's for real. So Utah, I think they're gonna be okay. I I'm a fan of Donovan Mitchell. I have a feeling you are too. Absolutely. Okay. So they're gonna be in Houston. We'll see, I guess. They should be in. Should be. They have every reason to be. So Oklahoma City, let's say they trade CP3. Let's let's knock them out. So that gives someone a room to come in. You got Dallas. You got Portland. You got Phoenix. You got New Orleans. You know, Stan Van Gundy. I, I mean... That's got it. Well, now it's ten teams though, because there's that there's the, going to be the two playing spots. So those would be my those would be my four on the bottom, right? The, unless you think someone else jumps up. Yeah, man, they're loaded, man. They're loaded. You know, um, you got to think Dallas is going to be there. You know, I'm I mean? I'm higher. I think Luke is going to win the MVP this year. That's just me. That shit is out of control. Yo, if he, you know, the thing about Luca too, man, he don't really look in shape. <laughs> And that's not fair. Like, I'm not trying to throw shade. No. So he goes and gives you like 27, 9, and 11, and he looked like he's not really in shape. Like, imagine if he really chiseled out. He'd be yeah. unstoppable. Like, like, I'm complimenting him saying that. You know what I mean? Like, he'd be no, he's Like, he's out of control already, and he never really looked like he's mega in shape. It's like he playoff swag. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, imagine if he did it. So, you know, going to what you're saying, yeah, like, Luca's out of control. You know, um, yeah, I, the West is loaded, man. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody you name in deserves a spot. Everybody you name it deserves to be in there. You know what it, I mean? It's going to be interesting. So, so if CP3 goes to Phoenix, that means he's not coming here to New York, which I'd, I'd be, I'd be disappointed too. I wanted, I was, I, I'm, I didn't want to overpay. I didn't want to overpay. Let me just say that right there. But I, I thought he would be good. And maybe it still happens. Who knows? It's just a rumor. Maybe it still happens, but I thought he would be good for this team. And then if he came, or if he comes, I should say, we don't know what's going to happen. Talk of Melo coming back with him. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how I felt about that. I'm going to be honest with you. I know he's your boy. I didn't know how I felt about that because I didn't, I wouldn't, I feel like things with Melo, it, first of all, in Portland, perfect for him, right? Mm-hmm. Perfect for him. That's exactly where he needs to be, exactly his role. I feel like things with him at this point, with everything that's happened with the franchise since he left, my take on it is 
people have finally come around. Even people who were hard on him then are like, wow, he really had to deal with some shit. You know, was he perfect all the time? Maybe not. But given everything over the last 20 years, you could blame a lot of stuff. It's not on him. He did what he did. He did it the best he could. We appreciate him. And I like that the opinion of him at this point is like pretty much everybody's in agreement. Like even if you weren't a mellow guy, you have to look back at this point and feel appreciation. And I I wouldn't, I wouldn't want a a segment of the fan base again to like, if he comes back and starts taking shots, like, Oh, I can ruin that or whatever. Right. How do you, how do you feel about this? Um, First off, I would love for him to come back because I would love to see, I would love to see his number retired in the garden. That's fair. I think if it's going to happen anywhere, it would have to be here. They already gave the number away to, you know, Sun in, in, uh, in Denver to the Joker. You know what I mean? So I feel like if he was going to get retired anywhere, it would have to be in New York. And I really yeah. that happened. I think he deserves it. Um, Just knowing, you know, just being around, you know what I mean? Being around, going to all those games, sitting on the floor and all that. Yo, the stuff he was dealing with, everything you think times it by like 100. B. Like, I was about to say, do people realize... Nah, nah, they don't. Shout to control the narrative because he gets it. The dude on on uh on Twitter, yeah, I know. Kind of was like a huge fan. He gets it. Yo, the stuff Melo was dealing with, man, like, forget it, bro. Like the city would, yo, they would give Son a statue if they knew how how rough it was <laughs> up there. For like for real, like, no, nah, hey, and I'm not just saying that because that's my man, but like, yo, like every hat off salute to him for what he had to deal with, man. Like it was crazy. It's stuff that, you know, and he would never, he's never going to say it because he's a stand up individual. Like, yo, it comes with the job. It comes with the territory. You know what I mean? Like it is what it is. Like yeah. I signed up. I'm here to get it. I want to ride for the city. That's that. You know what I mean? But the ringer that he had to go through, man, and still go out there and put up 28 and, and eight every night. You know what I mean? And yeah. carry a whole team with him through everything, you know, the ups, the downs, whatever, like, it was crazy, man. So I would love for him to come back. Just getting back to, to your point of him coming back. Um, I think the reason why it would be dope for him to come back is because there's so many there's so many people in that locker room that he could train. I mean, if you're looking at uh, RJ. You I was know, about to say, who's the guy you want to see him mentor? You would want to see him RJ, mentor the most? RJ. RJ, okay. And if, and if we keep Kevin Knox, really bring that dog out of Kevin Knox. You know what I mean? Which is, you know, they, they drafted Kevin Knox to be the mellow replacement. I remember... Yeah. Scott Perry, it was in the news, like, you know, everybody knows we going after a wing pretty much. I remember when he said that once yeah. before the draft. They drafted Kevin Knox to be the Melo replacement, and, you know, it hasn't panned out. I think it's just about pulling the dog out of him. So I think what Melo could offer a RJ or Kevin Knox or whoever on the court, but then off the court, how to deal with New York, how to deal with the media, how to deal with the fans, how to deal with night after night, like the great Alan Hahn says, putting on the heaviest jersey yep. in all sports. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Nobody on the Knicks did that the way Melo did, except for maybe Pat. You know what I mean? As far as like dealing with that. Dealing yeah, but the media was different back then. I'm not saying the media pressure wasn't there in the 90s because mm-hmm. I mean, I was we were young. Right. It was there. I mean, and I think the Knicks took on a bigger place in the city because the Yankees, you know, people people forget the Yankees sucked for the first half of that decade. Right. And the attention was on, you know, the Giants weren't very good. Right. After after 1990, the Giants kind of went downhill somewhat quick. So there was that period of time, 92, 93, 94, yeah. where it was, it was the Knicks, right? It was the And then the Rangers too, but, I mean, really, it was the Knicks. You know, 
So maybe it wasn't was great. The Knicks was like in the East. It was the, the way you look at, you know, the way you look at Boston now is how people looked at the Knicks. Like, yo. Oh, yeah. Yo, we going to New York. Yo, we got, we got the Knicks tomorrow night. Yo, we got to get ready. Like, that's how you looked at us in the 90s. You know what I mean? It was like, the second round of the playoffs every year at minimum. It was whether they were going to get past the second round of the playoffs. That was the question. With Melo, maybe there wasn't as big of an emphasis on the Knicks at that time, but the pressure because of everything else going on and how bit, how much media changed over the course of those 20 years. I mean, I can't even. And now we got two medias because you got social media. You know what I mean? Wow. So it's a yeah. whole different animal now. You know what I mean? So I think him coming back would be huge for them because it would help in all of that. Like you're an RJ, you're supposed to be the face of the team. You're the highest pick we've had since Pat. How do you deal with all this? Here you go. You know what I mean? Like it's important. Do you think, I, I'm not, you know, look, you you guys, I'm sure, have had conversations, but, like, the, just your gut feeling, just on your, your opinion. I'm not asking you to say anything that he said. Your opinion, do you think that there is a part of him that would feel like it, it's the proper closure to his career to come back? This is, like, I, I haven't had no conversations, nothing like that. Um, Just me as a fan with yeah. no insight or anything like that. I would assume so, because I just think it'd be dope. It'll be a dope walk off, a dope send off, do a couple years, you know, two to the youth, get them right. Walk off into the sunset of sorts, okay. whether it's a ring or not, get that jersey up in the, in, the, in the rafters. Leon is there. Leon is super cool. And him and Melo have always been super tight and CAA stuff and all that. So, like, yeah, 100 percent. I think personally it would be great. I don't know how he feels. You know, you hear the rumors, you read stuff, whatever, whatever. But yeah. I I per- I would love it. I would love it. You know, um, his yeah. look carries so much. And people respect him in the league. Like guys, I think some younger fans don't realize all the play, all the guys in their early twenties in the league. Like who they grew up watching. They grew up watching all LeBron. They grew up watching Dwayne Wade. They grew up all watching Carmelo Anthony. All of them. Yep. They look at him like yo, mellow. Yep. You know what I mean? Like. You know, it's wild, man. So for the fans and the people, but that's New York. You know what I mean? Like they did it to Pat. And then when Pat left or Pat retired, Pat walked down the street right now. He's not going to pay for no meal. He's not going to pay for no. (laughs) He's taking care of for life in New York. York, As he should be. As he should be. A hundred percent. But when he was in New York, it was throwing stones at him. You know what I mean? So it's the same thing with Melo. Like, I think people get it. They're starting to get it now and they'll get it even more down the line. Um, yeah, I, I personally would love it, you know, but whatever, whatever make him happy and whatever's best for him is what it's really all about. But I personally would love it. Yeah, I, you know, I, again, I, I was, I was a younger fan, so I'll, I'll give myself a little bit of a, a, an excuse. But like, I, I think even more to what you were saying, I don't think people really fully, it was so in the moment. And I don't think people maybe took the time to realize what was going on maybe behind the scenes. And right. how much of it was on him? So I, you know, if if it happens, look, I'll be, I, God knows, I'll be rooting for him, and I'll be rooting for them. And I think he would be a good mentor, actually. Um, yeah, I think 100%. Pe- people focus too much on, you know, like okay, oh, he's taking whatever two, three shots a game that should be going other. Like that's that's less important um, than what you. And plus, if he could go out and say like, oh, look, this team is turning it around. Like I was here when it was bad. Like I was here. When- rough and right. now i'm here you know i'm here now and so 
that's actually probably a good. So, well, actually, before we move on to the new regime, so give me your you you like Nesmith. If they stay at eight, mm-hmm. who's the guy you? Is there a guy you hope falls to them at eight? Is there a guy you just you know you think that they'll they would be a good pick at eight? We talked about this. I feel like we talked about this on the text, man. I love I love seeing Obi at eight. And I know you're you're the opposite side. Of, you're on the other side of the fence. I, I love <laughs> Obi at eight. You know, I'm coming. <laughs> if they do the right thing with the other two picks, Obi's great. Uh, Obi's fantastic. And he's you, a monster on offense. He's going to be, you know, he's probably going to be rookie of the year. He's the favorite for rookie. Oh, I think he's going to be rookie of the year. Here's the thing. If you got a guy who's a monster on offense and is kind of lackluster or doesn't have it all put together on defense, who better to show him how to do that than one of the greatest defensive coaches ever in Tibbs? So I'm not worried about that. I'm like, get him in there with Tibbs. I'm not worried about that. You know what I mean? Not because I'm not worried about defense. It's just I'm not worried about the fact that he can pick that up because you're going to have one of the best to ever do it to show him how to do it. You know what I mean? So like, no, but like, I, I'm not sure. You know, I God, this is a bigger conversation. I'm not sure the way the NBA is today, with how good, how good you need to be on offense to mm-hmm. just keep it honest, right? To just keep the score honest with these teams, with the amount of shooting and yeah. playmaking, right? Like you just like if you don't have difference makers on offense, it doesn't matter what you like. You could have the five best defenders in the world on the other end, and good offenses will find a way. Got to put the ball in the hole. That's it. You know, I mean, you could stop, you could stop the other side from doing whatever every time down. But when you go down, if you can't hit, then we just sitting here stuck on zero the whole night. You know what I mean? That's the thing. You're not stopping the other side. Every right. t- like those those days are gone where yeah. you can field a, a or, or sport a team that is so good defensively like that's it's gonna show. Hey, Milwaukee, Milwaukee was I don't know how many points per possession better than the next best team in the league this year on defense. Yeah, and yet coming to the playoffs and you what happens? Good coach gets time to scheme against what you do specifically. Yeah, blows up, mm-hmm. blows up. Yeah. No, so I I love Obi there if they do the right things with the other picks, they've got to get a point guard. They've got to get a shooter. My thing is, I don't, I like the idea of them getting a point guard at 27. There's some good ones. Huh? There's some good ones. Yeah. A ton. If they go out there and get a Chris Paul or somebody to mentor said point guard for two, three years and then bring them in. And that's where, you know, we get back to the Chris Paul thing that we probably was going to touch on. My thing is like, I always felt like, I mean, Chris Paul's great. Goes without saying. Yeah, you, know, you you could throw the book at him as far as compliments, and it's probably still not enough. But what the 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 I guess I guess the reservation was the money, which still is. But I look at it like what who we who's coming? Who right. are we spending the money on? Because my thing is, you want to go to Harvard? All right, Harvard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Harvard course. <laughs> Chris he's Harvard. He's Harvard. Harvard course. You know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> like, a Harvard course. If, if you want, if you want the best of the best of this generation to train your 27th pick at point guard or even your eighth pick at point guard, but they can't bring the eighth pick off the bench. That'll be asinine. The city would go crazy. But like, if you want this guy to be trained by the Harvard course, you can't pay. You know, whatever dollars 
you know, community college dollars for Harvard, Harvard course. And Chris Paul is Harvard. He he's Harvard. And the problem with this with the free agency and the trade market, I'm putting Van Fleet aside because I just I don't think it's realistic. I don't think he's leaving Toronto. I don't really want to see that happen anyway. And I like him as a player, but I don't really want to. See I like that. it. I'm, with, I'm I have reservations like that. I, I, I wrote a whole thing a couple weeks ago about how you look at big money, free agent, like contracts over the last like five years. Mm-hmm. And like it, it, most of them actually, there's very few values, but ver- fewer of them than you think age terribly. That said, there's just something about paying that dude like 90 something million dollars. That's that's, And it's going to be so difficult for him to do what he's done in Toronto in New York. The reason why he's able to cook like that is because of what he got around him. It, it's not a slight to his game. His nice. game is dope, but it's because of what he got around him. You know, you're asking this guy to go from, you know, third option or, okay, we got to lock down Lowry. We got to lock down Kawhi when he was there. We got to lock down Serge. Oh, wow. Fred is running around. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yo, Pascal. Lock down Fred. Yeah. Like, that's what happens now. And it'll be classic Nick where a guy comes – he was the man over there and he was getting busy and he comes to New York to really be the man. And then it just dwindles and it hurts his career. It'll be classic Knicks. So I really don't want to see that happen. And that's not a slight on him. I could just read the room on that. You know, no, I mean? it's I this is that's one of those things where it's like you got to trust your gut and something. And I, I whatever. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so see, put Chris Paul aside, put Van Vliet aside. I'm assuming Dragic stays in Miami. I wish there was that point guard out there who they could either trade for at, at, at a reasonable cost or, or bring in via free agency. And I just don't, I don't see that like mid tier, you know, just like solid NBA start, not even solid NBA starting point, just like NBA starting point guard. Right. It's like, you got DJ Augustine. Who's, I know you, you've been heavy on DJ. I've been seeing well, because he, he played a year under Tibbs. He knows, Tibbs. Tibbs has history with these types of smaller, you know, like you mentioned, Derek Rose, obviously is the best example. He's had history with other smaller guards, Nate, Nate Robinson. Um, you know, he's solid. He could hit a three. Yeah. But I just, I would feel more comfortable. Like you just said, if there was a really good mentor to have yeah. on the team, hundred percent, man, if they go with a point guard at eight, you know, whether it's Killian or, you know, if, if LaMelo was to fall or they traded up or whatever it was, then that guy's got to start. Like, you, you don't get LaMelo or Killian in, at eight or higher and bring them off the bench. Like, it just doesn't work that way. That guy's got to start. But other than that, if, if they go with a point guard at 27 or if they trade down to 14, it's, yeah, as long as you got somebody who's legit. I mean, I'm hearing the Conley stuff, and I like Conley. He was great. You know, I, I love Conley. It's, it's been rough in Utah, whatever, whatever. His money is real, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's one year though. It's only one year. So is it one year? Yeah, it's only one year. He's okay. that's okay. all he's got left. So that to me He can get he, his mojo back and, and, and train whoever we get at twenty seven or whatever. Like ideally, man, I feel like you get your shooter who could start right away, your shooter or Obi who could start right away at eight. You get your point guard who could start in two years, but you're bringing him off the bench now to be trained at 27 and then at 38, I don't know. It's kind of all over the place. I feel like we need another center. Um, I, I feel like there's going to be some good ones. Yeah. There's going like to be some good ones that are going to fall. I, I love Mitchell. I think he should be starting. Um, I think if he doesn't start this year, he's out. Cause I don't see rich Paul letting that fly too much longer. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that coming off the bench, like, yo bro, like did, he's the untouchable one on the team as far as trades. 
but he's coming off the bench for Taj Gibson. Like, nah, we ain't doing that. Like, I don't see Rich Paul letting that fly too much longer. But so. Mitchell's got to want it. He's got to want that. Yeah, yeah. He'll be starting this year. I, I don't see Rich Paul letting that I'm, fly too much longer. I'd be shocked. I mean, for a, a host of reasons, I'd be shocked if he's not yeah. starting the yeah, entire I agree with you. But I feel like we've got to get another one to come off the bench or, you know, back sun up or whatever. Um, I haven't really put too much thought into the, the 38. I mean, Bain ain't going to be there at 38. Dude, uh, well, Bain's not going to be there at 20. No, but th- this draft, yeah. you know, you, you said th- th- this draft, there's going to be guys like between everybody keeps saying it between like 20 and like 40, 45. Mm-hmm. You're going to have guys that like, oh, the wait, that dude's avail- still available at 38. I thought he was going to be gone by 20. You know, it's going to be wild. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be wild. It's going to be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it. So the draft's going to happen. Free agency. You think we're going to do anything? I'm, I, I'm expecting a, I don't want to say quiet free agency for the Knicks, but I just, again, I don't see the, that if it's not going to be Chris Paul, I don't see that move out there that yeah, like, I think, I think there'll be some type of trade. I don't think there'll be a huge free agency signing. I love Christian Wood. Um, if we don't draft, and Obi or somebody like that at the four, I want them to go full steam ahead for Christian Wood. He's 25. Was he 6'10, 6'11? Got a jumper, yeah. got a three ball, hammers it all day, like plays defense. Yeah, 100%. What, like, him and Mitchell, what are we doing with Julius then? Are you Julius? Uh, remind me, are you a Julius guy? Or are you uh, on the fence? Are you where are you at on I Julius? I was, I was like when he was in L- the end of LA going into New Orleans and when he was in, like, I saw it. I was like, yeah, like. Julius could be some. I think the problem was, again, like we said, what could potentially with, happen with Van Fleet. With Van Fleet, yeah. When this guy is the third option and you turn him into the first in New York City, it becomes a thing. You can't win for losing. I mean, Ju- what did Julius average? 20 and 9? So I'm just going off the top. But yeah, no, his sure numbers wasn't 20. bad. Like, I'm sure his numbers was high. And if he was on any other team, it'd be like, yo, he has some numbers. But being that he's in New York and he's the face, I mean, if you're the high, you got the highest contract on the team, it's your team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's your. So now when you go out there and you're turning it over and the spin moves and da 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 and all that, and the defense saying what people think it should be and it's that and the third, now it's a different conversation and your stock is dropping or whatever. So if I had to pick between him and Christian Wood, I mean, I'm definitely going Christian Wood, but you know, Julius is the play for a Chris Paul trade or Mike College at all because he's the money. You know yeah. what I mean? So, you, need, you, need, you need the money in there. So he would be gone, you know? No, I think they're. I think. I mean, look, they, you you said it at the top. They need more shooting. Everybody, and they're going to bring in more shooting. I don't know wh- how yeah. they're going to do it. They're going to figure out a way to bring in more shooting. Davis I think they're going to bring in more playmaking. Davis Burton's. Um, oh man, know. I would. Lo- I would talk about a guy that I would pay more money than he is yeah. supposed to get. Nah, he he got the jack for real. Like him, you know they they gotta. But that's Naismith, right? That's what Naismith yeah. could do. Yeah, I mean, man, if you had a if you had a starting lineup. Two years from now, of either Cole or Malachi Flynn or even Nico, who I don't know why his stock is dropping. I, I like Nico a lot coming out of high school, going into college. That's a different discussion. I'm sure. No, no, he's Nico. I like. I'm Nico. sure I'm gonna get shredded for for bringing up Nico. I'm sure. Dude, I'm gonna if get- Nico's there, I don't know if I take him at 27. If if Nico's there, I, and it, again, it depends on what they do at eight and. To 20 exactly. at 27 it depends on what happens with eight yeah you know it's why it's it's tough anyway yeah but so if you, had, if you had a starting lineup in two years of cole or nico or malachi rj aaron neesmith christian wood mitchell robinson that's that's all right 
That's well, you didn't even talk about next year's draft, which again, that I kind of that brings it's us to him and like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, and it's more than just Cade, right? It's right. this is that next year is no, going to draft is supposed to be the one, yeah. So like, but even even if you just look at the guys I just said, that's that's a squad, right? That's a nice young squad who can do a lot of different things and and get up and down the court and play tough and physical and you know Neesmith with the jack uh Christian Wood with the jet like that's you know what I'm saying like and the reason why I say two years from now is because you would have this training period hopefully of a Chris Paul being here Harvard University training <laughs> Malachi or Nico or Cole you know I would love Chris Paul to be here and we get Cole at 27 and Chris Paul train the hell out of out of Cole Anthony like who better than a Chris Paul and a Tibbs to take that raw talent of who was the number one point guard prospect a year ago and just yeah. mold that man. Listen, all this Cole Anthony slander would be gone in 12 months, man. I'm telling you, it'd be gone. I don't think, I still don't think people realize how good Chris Paul would be for everything they're trying to do. The I, only it's, problem is the money. The only problem with people be like, yo, don't do it. Don't do it. It's the money. The money is crazy. Again, you want to go to Harvard? You gonna pay that bag? You know what I'm saying? Like, I love that. I love that analogy. That's a, I'm gonna use that. Please, uh, want to go to Harvard? You gotta pay. You know what I mean? And I hate it. I hate the fact that this guy is gonna be making 45 mil, <laughs> in a, you know, at, at 38 years old or whatever it is. Like that's well, astronomical. But speaking speaking of money, I do want to ask because it came again. Talk about recent news. There was a, a Russell Westbrook rumor earlier today. Yeah. Um, you know, Kevin O'Connor said again, the, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday night. Kevin O'Connor said Knicks and Clippers kicking the tires. Um, I think that's probably going to be more Clippers. Um, if I had to guess, I don't I don't think I don't see Leon Rose really getting heavily. But just in theory, again, we talked about like, yeah, you need guys who could get buckets. I'm not sure Russ for me. I'm not sure Russ is the guy that I want on, on this not, team. Not with this roster. And I like Russell a lot. Um, uh, you know, he. There's pros and cons to everything, but I like Russell a lot. Obviously, he's he's a machine, and he just goes for he it. He is a machine. And he gets 30 whenever he wants. And, you know what I'm saying, you know, triple-double machine and all that. But with this roster, well, what they're trying to do, the way they're trying to build, and who he would have to mentor or lead, I think he would give them toughness. He would give them – he would pull that dog out of all of them. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? For Other sure. than that, I don't know how that makes sense. You know what I mean? With the I roster. agree we have so if if i had to pick between him and chris paul even though chris paul's making more money and is older so he'd be more injury prone oh. and wouldn't have as much left in the tank i would go chris paul in a heartbeat over him but for that, I, because of the roster because of the roster makeup that's not a slight to russell at all no i mean i think listen i still hey, look the dude made all nba last season the third team he's he's still got some game i just think it needs to be in a certain situation and that's it's not it's not here right now right. all right so this year, Leon Rose is here. Tibbs is here. We got obviously a new assistant coaches. We got Johnny Bryan. We got Kenny Payne. I'm like, I'm like more excited about Kenny Payne than I am about anybody on that they're going to bring in. I, I like Kenny Payne from Kentucky. Yeah. Um, what's your, how do you feel like, you know, you've been watching this team as long as I have. How do you feel like this is going to go? How do you feel like things are shaking up? You have co- confidence? Are you, how, I do. How you, um, I do because Leon's awesome. World Wide West is awesome. Um, actually had the pleasure of hanging out with those guys a bunch of times, um, you know, when when, uh, when Melo was still on the team. Awesome. Awesome dudes. I mean, home run picks as far as Leon and, and World Wide West. Home runs. Is, 
is worldwide west as like he seems he, he the way you read about him he's like this large not maybe not larger than life but just there's something about him he's like super humble like you wouldn't know he was the guy with all those plugs you know what i'm saying like really? you wouldn't he doesn't walk in the room like yo i'm the plug master you better respect me like nah he's like super humble like you would never know he's the guy with the endless phone book and everybody picks up on the first ring like Super, super cool. You know what I mean? Me and bro hang out with him a bunch of times. Super, super cool, man. Him and Wes, you know. Um, so home runs as far as, like, what they're able to do, I think people are underestimating what they can bring. And it's more than just, oh, I used to rep. I used to rep Cat, so now he's coming. I used to rep Booker, so now he's coming. Nah, like. I think too much is, yeah. I think too much yeah, is being made It's the that. respect of, like, okay, if they're over there, then they're going to know what they're doing. You know, regardless of who may be at the top in the seat with the checkbook, these guys know what they're doing. They know what they're doing because from a relationship standpoint, from a talent evaluation standpoint, and just getting the culture and getting the people, you know what I mean? Like getting people in there who know it, who really, really get it and get us as New Yorkers, as a fan base, and really as what the team needs and how to combat against the rest of the league. Like they super get it. You know what I mean? They, they super get it and they want it. You could see that that I mean they could have been doing anything else like you know I was that gonna say these guys didn't I I know Leon's getting paid but they didn't yeah, need you know the headache it is running the Knicks you know the slander you're gonna get <laughs> you go to the store and you run into some fans like your dad is ruining my team like all that could happen like so they they want it you know what I mean because why go through that you could yeah yeah, yeah for sure you'll be um, and West the greats, like if, if you ran the Knicks or not. So you're going through this because you want to do it. And you're like, I want to see this thing work. And I want to be able to say I had a helping hand in that. You know what yeah. I mean? So I, I think from all that, man, like the roster they put together behind the scenes has been insane. Like you said, Johnny Bryan and, you know, Kim yeah. so imagine what they're going to do. I think the whole roster, we're going to have a whole new team, you know, because half the team that Steve Mills signed was on one year deals. I think they're all gone. You know what I mean? Like I, I I think they're I agree I think they're I, don't think, I mean I think Taj maybe they bring back on a lower number um, you know I think Tibbs fights to keep him and this I, is this is just me as a fan reading Bleacher Report every day I think Tibbs fights to keep Taj Gibson but other than that I think they're all gone I could tell you just you know again not that I was there that much but there was Taj stood out to me in that locker room. Yeah. Just as like you could tell that I he listen, he never said anything directly that, you know, but I would look at him and I'd look at some of the stuff going on and I would think to myself, what must be going through this guy's head being where he's been and seeing and being part of the winning that he's been a part of yeah. and then seeing the BS that, you know, is happening yeah. I'm not saying guys weren't taking the game seriously. Like I, I don't want to imply that, but like you could tell it ate at him what happened last year. Yeah, no, I dig it. I dig it. And he's, you know, he seems super cool. I never met him. He seems super cool. Brooklyn guy. Fort Brooklyn Green. guy, Fort Green, right? More for that. But um, I think he's, he might stick around depending on what's floating around out there for him. If yeah. Situation, maybe financially, but Tibbs, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tibbs pushed to keep him. Other than that, I, I think Peyton's gone. I think Bobby's gone. I think they're all gone. Wayne. Wayne's I, gone. I think they're all gone. Uh, Reggie, I don't know because they've been it's showing a good number four point two. It's not a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it's a whole new team. That's what I'm excited for. In a week, yeah. we're gonna know 
who all these new guys are, about a week and a half. Because this is going to happen fast because, you know, what is it? The draft is the 18th and then free agency the 20th. It's the 20th. And these guys, and, and guys are already agreeing to deals. Thanksgiving's like the 26th, 27th. And then training camp is December 1st. So, like, in a week <laughs> and a half, we're going to know. Whole it's, new- it's crazy. I'm excited. Um, I'm, I'm excited to know who we got. Me, me too. Um, I, I finish up. Uh, Tibbs, you like Tibbs? I do, I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. The only fear is the same fear that you probably had, and everybody else is just running them in the ground. You know, I, I hope. But I think that's where Johnny Bryan and Kenny Payne and Mike Wood. But we didn't even talk about Woody. Mike Woodson. Woody. Yeah, that's where those guys come in. Yeah, Woody. I'm, I'm glad Woody's back. I'm glad he got another shot. He I miss Woody. Could have never been pushed out the door to begin with. That's a whole nother hour conversation on one regime in particular that like to play with shapes and, and, you know, you know, they, they just want to sit down and play with shapes all day and, and, you know, go at it on Twitter. They Uh, were the best team. They were the best, the, the, when Phil came in and and he let Woodson go, I was looking at this over the summer when I was doing like some, like what if piece about what that maybe that season, I think they had, it was either the best record or the second best record in the league. It was up there over the last 20 games. Yeah, I remember that. That remember. season. You know, nah, Woody was great because he, he had the locker room. You know what I mean? He had the guys locker room. Guys loved him. Guys, and, and I don't know if you – do you remember the beginning of that 2013-14 season? They were so snake-bitten. They lost – I'll never forget how, like, the first couple weeks, three weeks or so – it was like loss after loss after loss. It was like tight loss, close loss, like bad luck. It was just that team should have been better. I know, I know those others. I know they traded for Barney and like, but yeah, they, they got hit hard. But but uh, Woody was great, man. But you know, I, as far as Tibbs, you know, Tibbs is great. The only fear is him potentially running them in the ground. But as long as that doesn't happen, yeah, they should be fine. Like Tibbs is great. You know what I mean, that there's nothing really to not like about him except that part of it but Tibbs is great so I'm, I'm cool with that um I'm you know what it is man I think and I think Nick's Twitter will agree we just want a team that heads can respect yep and the 2012-13 team I know you had guests on here before talking about that team and you know how that team was kind of fool's gold or whatever, whatever but that team was like I don't think it was fool's gold I <laughs> I don't think it was at all, but I've heard people say that on your show. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like with that team, I, it was a team that the city could get behind proudly because it the did. respect was there around the league. We were like the second seed in the East that year. It was like Miami and us, if I'm not mistaken. In the was, East, no, they were the second seed. I think, but I, I think there was a ceiling on what that team could do. It was a window. It wasn't a wide open. Yeah. But typically in the NBA, you don't get it's rare. It's just you get one year, right? Usually you get teams that are that are, as good as that team was, you get a few years, right? And mm-hmm. you could make another move or add another piece. And instead of making that move in the offseason, they traded for Andrea Bargnani. Right. Like if you moving too fast, move because and you know, just moving too fast. And I heard rumors about how that was Dolan who pulled the trigger on that. I don't know. It but was Dolan. We know it was Dolan. You don't know how to say it. It's when it was, you know, um when when uh Tyson Chandler, who I, I like Tyson, but Tyson Chandler let Roy Hibbert look like Hakeem out there, and then it was like, yo, we gotta figure this out. So let's go get Bonyani. Here's yeah. the way I always broke down that season. 
if you look at the way things could have played out, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'll be applauded by Nick's Twitter. Maybe they'll shred me after this. But I look at it like if that Pacers series went different as far as the sure. Roy Hibbert block because Tyson wasn't there holding Melo down on that play where Melo could have got that off and we won that series. We were the only team that year that gave Miami real uh-huh. problems. So to think that we couldn't have took it to them when they had just lost the year before to uh to to Dallas. So they had they still hadn't proven that they could go even with the big three and all that. You got a Jason Kidd, you got a Rasheed Wallace, you got all these vets who have it up top. They may not have it in the knees anymore as far as being able to get up and down the court, but they got it up top as far as mentally and the IQ. I think we, if anybody could have took it to Miami out of the East, it would have been them. <sighs> I- then who came out of the West was OKC and they was babies. I mean, you heard James Harden was after they would lose, he was in South beach running around at 22 years old. Well, we would have washed them, you know? Well, I mean? no, but that was, so OKC was, unless I'm getting mixed up, I think OKC, that was their first championship. That was the previous year. 12, 13. No, that, that was, was the first, that was the first Spurs championship. That was, I, I, I unless I'm, I'm, no, I think that was because, because, because LeBron came in 2010 so 2010, 10, 11, 11, 2011 finals was Dallas. 2012 finals was OKC. Right. They, they won that. Then 2013 finals is when they beat San Antonio with that crazy. And that was the 12, 13. That was, yeah, that was the 12, 13 team. Okay. That was, but okay. no, but they, but st- your point is still a good one because I do I think. Mixed Twitter don't shred me. But, no, um, no, no, listen, they're not going to shred <laughs> I get, please, I get my years mixed up. But the point remains: the Knicks were the better matchup for them. I think better than than Indiana. Um, I think I I think New York said a better chance. Yeah, they wouldn't have walked through us. We would have had a shot. We we would have had a real shot. That was the year as far as the window. I would have liked to see, and but but more importantly, I would have liked you know. It would have been nice if Donnie Walsh stick around. If the, you know that relationship with the team didn't go didn't go sour. If 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 who knows what he would have been able to pull off as opposed to the Bargnani trade. Is there like is there one move that wasn't made or one thing whatever what, that you wish could have happened during during that time here where like if just this maybe one one something happened. It maybe would have put them over the top during the mellow era. Yeah. Oh, the Chris Paul trade. When that was lined up, when it was on the back of the newspaper, when it was like Merry Christmas and it was him with a Nick Jersey on Photoshop, like, you know, that was supposed to happen. And then it became Tyson instead of Chris Paul. You know, I forget all the details. It's Googleable, I'm sure. But um, that was supposed to happen. Like that was already moving in the works. And it all started with Amari at um at Melo's wedding when he was like, yo, me, Melo, and Chris Paul going to team the up. The toast. Yeah, and, and toast. almost had a heart attack. And you know what I mean? Like, it was all crazy. Um, That Chris Paul thing was supposed to happen in 2011. You know what I mean? Like, 2011, 2012, it was the – with the lockout season because the first yeah. game was, uh, was Christmas Day and the back of the paper said Merry Christmas and it had Chris Paul with a Nick jersey on because that was pretty <sighs> much done. That would have been a nice big three. And then, you know, Dolan got in the way and blah, 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 blah. And then it became Tyson Chandler, whatever, whatever. And I like Tyson. That Indiana series, I ain't want to see nothing about Tyson, nothing. But other than that, I like Tyson. But, um, you know, that it, w- it would be that move. I think if we're talking recently, it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. 
for as much as we know of what Steve Mills wasn't and like, you know, that whole era of what Steve Mills was doing and wasn't capable of doing or whatever. I get why they didn't let him, but I wish they would have let him pull the trigger on that D'Lo trade. That was the one trade you heard that he really wanted to make happen and they wouldn't let him pull the trigger. In hindsight, we know why, because you didn't want to set something like that up. Yeah. Or whoever come in and is like, I inherited all this, this cap on, you know, on the books and da 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 when I didn't even sign up for that. So I'm sure they was like, yo, don't let nobody make no moves because he's about to be out the door anyway. I wish they would have let Steve Mills pull the trigger. I'm curious what... I'm curious what they would have had to give up because I'm not a D-Lo guy. I've said as much. I, I, I am... Look, I think that the notion that like, oh, this guy is, is not a winner is overblown because I think if you put any talented player in the right situation... Mm-hmm. they could win games. And I think it's just, it's easier. So some players, like they are the situation, like Chris Paul, it's like, he is the winning situation. He brings right. it with him. Other guys, you have to work a little bit harder to put certain pieces around them. I think D'Lo is kind of, I, I you know, the defense, I, I really don't like his defense, but whatever, right. super, super talented offensive player. I just, I'm curious what they would have had to give up. I, Cause I never, I don't know what exactly that trade would have been. I think, I mean, this is, was it a was it a um was it a Morris thing? Was it a Marcus? I think it was. I from my recollection, it was no. I think the Morris trade was separate. I think it was that I remembered hearing something about a, a future first round pick. Which when okay. I heard that, I was like, I'm out. Like just I don't, I don't want it. I, in the future, I mean, I know where the Kings are doing that, but you know what? At the end of the day, they wouldn't even have to trade for him. They should have signed him in the summer outright. Well, that. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the phone call they should have made when they knew they wasn't getting Kyrie and Katie. They that's the phone call they should have made, and I'm very curious as to why they didn't pick up the phone. Well, <laughs> from what I understand, there was a lot of chicanery last summer. It was. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean that's a whole another thing. I mean, there's a, a book being written about that. I'm sure somewhere, but <laughs> if there isn't, I, I may write it. Um, but they they should have just picked up the phone and got him out right, and wouldn't have had to give up anything. I mean, because I think if you get him, we're not having this discussion about we need a point guard at 27 who we can get Chris Paul and pay him Harvard University money to train him. That We're not having those discussions. This kid's 23 years old, all-star, 6'5", handles, got the jumper, got the vision. You know, uh, defense, of course, could be worked on, absolutely. But you have your point guard of the future at this point. You have a 23-year-old all-star who's 6'5", got the jack from three, got handles, got passing vision. I'm saying it again so Nick's Twitter really, really gets it in their head. And then you <laughs> build everything around them. You say, okay, well, he doesn't do this, that, and the third. You got an RJ to do all those things that he may not do. You know what I mean? That's, a, that's an interesting team to think about. De- D'Angelo Russell, RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson. It would create an interesting scenario for this nice foundation for this draft about about right. who they could potentially go and uh, and and yeah and then leading yeah. into leading into next year because yeah no that's the, the thing is and I think a lot of people forget this when you have a player who's great you don't pick apart what they can't do you go get people who do what they who complement what they do, do and yeah. the perfect example of that is Iverson when he was in Philly all those years like they, well, knew they did a great job a couple of years they just built around them and that's what the Knicks didn't do in the Mellow era not to make it about Mellow again but like that's what they didn't do it was like okay we know what he can do 
we know what he can't do for whatever reasons or whatever we think he can't do. Let's build that around him and make it right so that all we got to do is let him worry about what he does great. And that's what Philly did with Iverson, which is why they was able to cook the way they cooked, even if they didn't win it all, the way they was able to cook the way they did all those years. So, like, you get somebody like a D-Lo, and this is all, you know, hindsight because now it's not going to happen, but you get somebody like a D-Lo, I'm not worried about what he can't do. I'm going to just build around all that because I know what he can do. You know what I mean? I know what he can do. It's kind of hard to come by, you know what I mean, especially at that age. Yeah, I mean, we watched him carry that Brooklyn team. We watched him carry them. You know, he, what I, mean? I mean, he earned, he earned, he earned the All Star that year. Um, I'll be curious to see what happens in Minnesota. I'll be curious. I'm actually really curious to see what Minnesota does at the top yeah, of this draft. Yeah, yeah, that's all over the place, man. Just from the outside looking in, it's like they're, you know, they're looking at it like, yo, we can't blow this. But how? Well, do they we- got the first pick of the draft. Right. How do we? You know- you know what I mean? Like the smart money, if I'm them, you just go Anthony Edwards for talent and fit. You know, you you take LaMelo, who I like. LaMelo's great, but that you got another D-Lo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it doesn't make any sense. You got a right-handed D-Lo, you know? So what are we doing there? Like I wouldn't do that at all. You, same thing with Wiseman. You got him and Cat. He's the same. Like, what Wiseman, are we- yeah, they don't fit. I mean, I Edwards, is the stuff you hear about Edwards is like it makes you, makes you worry. But I'll be – I don't know. I, I think we're going to get a trade within – I think one of those top two picks yeah. is going to be dealt. I mean, just, again, not, I'm not – I don't know yeah, any, I, I any think, more than I think else. starting on Monday, you're going to be really busy because <laughs> there's going to be a whole lot to cover. I, I think starting Monday, you're, you're going to be on no sleep. Yeah, um, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, oh, my God. We, you know, last, uh, last thing, because I can't, I can't let you go. We didn't mention Frank Lilikino once no, this entire podcast. I know. Yeah, no, I, I, I was waiting for it. You know what I mean? Yo, so I just I want to ask you this. Here's what I want to ask you. Frank, <laughs> all caps, exclamation point, LOL, because I, I knew we was going there. I, I I'm just really, no, but I, listen, this, at this point, I think everything that could be said about Frank has been said. Yeah. Um, I will say this. Again, we talked, it was a year and a half ago. He did not, he, he got injured shortly thereafter, and he missed, he missed the rest of that year. Um. This season started off as a starter. Then things didn't go well, and he went to the bench. He was good off the bench this year. I just I want to put that out there, and I want to see if you do you agree with me because he on those bench units, mm-hmm. him, whatever shooter he was with, uh, Knox, Portis, Mitchell Robinson. Come on, you I know, know how you, I feel, man. You know how I feel. My mentions is gonna be on fire. You know how I feel, man. Listen, <laughs> you haven't seen it enough yet. Huh? No, yeah. nah. man. Listen, if you I, I think my thing is with him is people just got to realize what he truly is. And I think when that happens, it'll be a little bit easier to be like, I, right, you know, he's here. Can he play defense? Yeah, he could play defense. Is he like some defensive marvel is he gary payton 2.0 like no but people act like he is but can he play d absolutely you'd be an idiot to say he can't is he scotty pippen gary payton no but you know he's young so maybe he becomes that later whatever whatever but there's got to be something on the other end man and i think the legion of frank island that's like yo he's that's my point guard frank isn't frank's point guard you know what i'm saying (laughs) like like Um, you gotta um, i think i'm off that island yeah like people i want to see him what he is, you know what he, I mean. I think they're gonna play him at the wing this year. I, I would actually be, I would be genuinely surprised 
if he saw a lot of time running like straight running point. Yeah, but but my thing with that is okay, cool. You play him at the wing. He's got the height and wingspan, blah blah. blah. Got to hit shots. Jumper. Got to so hit shots. What do we like? You become a liability. You know what I mean? Because you rocking on one end of the court, but then on the other end of the court, we can't really do nothing with you. Like, no, no. can't trust you to really, really control the the, the ball the whole way because your handle ain't really there. We can't really con- trust you to set it up and make the right path because you're still a little shaky because of, you know, a little nervousness, whatever, whatever in year four. We can't trust you to stand in the corner and hit the jumper because you can't really. So what are we doing? Like, you know what I mean? And again, I'm not. This is the year, not, man. This down. is the year. got to be realistic. And I, you had you had Shorty on the show. I think her name was Phoebe. Is that? What's it? Uh, Kaylin. Kaylin. Kaylin Phoebe, yeah. And, you know, she's franked out and all that stuff, and that's cute. But, um, you know, she seems cool. You know, I dig all she's that. Cool. She's yeah, cool. Yeah, I listened to the episode, and everything she said about Frank is what I already knew Frank Island felt, or whatever they call it, where you guys live at. Frank, Frank High, Frank Island, Frank. Frank, Frank. Right. It's, 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 it's a changing landmass. Right. I already knew what the reason was why you guys feel that way, because it reminds you of the 90s. It reminds yeah. you of the 90s. It, it does. Derek Harper. It reminds you of Charlie Ward. It reminds you of Greg Anthony. Listen, I just need some – I need my starting point guard to go out there and give me Raymond Felton first Nick year numbers, 17 and 9, and I'm good. And I'm not saying Raymond Felton was everything because he wasn't, but – There were my, there I, were Raymond Felton all-star conversations 17 that year. And nine, bro? Like, they were, they were conversations. Seventeen and nine every night is wonderful. If my starting point guard is giving me seventeen and nine every night, you ain't gonna hear a peep out of me. We good. You know what I'm saying? So like, nah, I need it, something comparable to all that, and I, he, I can't just be about, yo, man. It, it it feels like when Charlie Ward was here playing tough D, and nah, it's it's, it's uh uh-uh. uh like we. But it's what we were just to put a cap on this is what we're saying before about. Again, very few players are are the system. They don't they, like you need to put. You need to surround them and right. and and make it so that their talents are appreciated. And like, you know, I don't blame anybody for not appreciating what Frank does do over the last three years, because what he doesn't do has hurt them because he's, right. he's a guy that put, has the ball in his hands and doesn't really get to the hole and hasn't been able to hit a shot. And that's that's he's not five points and two assists like, you know, what I'm saying like that, you know, and, and, it's, and I ain't trying to chop sun down no more. You know what I'm saying? But I'm know. telling you, this is the year. He's going to start hitting shots this year. And we're all going to be on the same page. I'm telling you, it's coming. I remember two years ago, so I, I somebody, you know, I was getting, you know, chewed up on Twitter about Frank, and it, you would have thought they was related to him. And somebody was like, man, you got you to give him a chance. We're going to revisit this conversation in a year. And I wrote back something like, all right, let's hope so. And I don't remember who that was, but – that was like two and a half, three years ago, and we and it's still going now. Three years into his into his career, it's still going. Right, man, like you know, it's it's the same waters that we're starting to see Kevin Knox go down, and that's scary. Kevin Knox has the tools. I I I think it's a pull a dog out mentality with him. I, he has the tools. You know what I mean? Like we've seen it. We've seen little flashes. I'm not saying he's gonna be amazing, but I wouldn't be surprised if he turned into something because you see the tools there, I think it's just about the right people around him to really pull it, pull that. I, I hope they don't trade him. I just, uh, you hope they don't. 
I hope they don't. I don't want them to trade him because his the, the aside from the fact that his value is so low. I have I don't know. There's there's a part of me that thinks Tibbs, Kenny Payne is here. Even Johnny Johnny Bryant worked with big guys in Utah. Yeah, like the, if you know, at the end of the day, like all right, then let these guys get a shot with all of them. Whether it was, if I could say let them get a shot with Dennis, then all right, let them get a shot with with, with Frank and uh and 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 Kevin too. You let know? them all get a shot. And, and listen, it's. It'll be here. We we've come this far. I I, I have a feeling these guys but will we be back. Start turning the tide, man. Enough of this. And like we gotta. It's just we all. The one thing we all can agree on, whether it's Frank Hive or not, and I'm definitely on the not. Um, you know, the one thing we all can agree on as Nick fans is that we just want a team that people can respect and yeah. that we can continue to love and you know, not get clowned for. And people like that, yo, the Knicks is, you know, when you hear Rachel Nichols talk about the Knicks, it doesn't have to be a ha ha end of it. You know what I mean? Like that's all, dude, that's all it is. That's all we want, you know? So we got to start making the right moves that you got to hit these drafts out the park, man. It can't be no projects. That's over with like the whole, well, you know, Frank's going to be a couple years or Kevin's going to be, that's over with. We can't do that because nobody else is thinking like that. You know what I mean? Like I hate when people, we talk about Donovan Mitchell, who is great. We all love Donovan. And now Nick's Twitter is trying to do everything to get Donovan Mitchell. It's like we could have had him. And say that people be like, well, what about the other, you know, 12, 13 teams that passed on him? I don't care about those other 12, 13 teams that passed on him. I care about us. Like The excuses are done. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like I remember being a kid and if I got a bad grade in school, I'll be like, well, the rest of the class failed the test too. My pops would be like, I don't care what the rest of the class did. I care what you did. So it's the same thing. I don't care that 12 other teams passed on Donovan. Yeah. Tweet me that. Yeah. I care about what one team did with Donovan Mitchell and that's us and we passed them. I don't care about everybody else who passed them. You know what I mean? So They can't get this draft wrong. No, That's they got to hit all three. They, they got to hit all three out the park. And I think Leon can do that. People, are, yeah, no, some people have been asking me, like, what's the one thing you want to see happen this offseason? I, I keep saying it. They just have to, they have to get this draft right. They have to be the talk of the night. ESPN, everybody's got to be talking yeah. about them. Like, yo, the Knicks kind of went crazy at the draft. Like, yeah. that's got to be the conversation. 100%. 100%. They, they did it this year, you know? Um, all right, we are uh, we're we're now into Wednesday. We've, we've been talking for a while. I yeah. I cannot thank you enough uh, for this you. time, man. It, 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 I, I say we've been circling this for a while. It's, it took long enough to get you back on here. Hopefully, this will not be the last time. Well, hopefully, you know what? The next time we talk, you know, it'll be great. Is if we have some like positive actual basketball shit to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll be talking about uh, how Harvard University is is at the mecca now. You know, <laughs> you're not giving up hope. You really, you, I could tell you think there's still a chance he, he gets here. I think because of Leon and that's no, that's just me on the outside looking at, I think because of Leon, I think that would be the play if anything, but that Phoenix thing that came out of left field, but it makes too much sense. It makes, it makes a lot of sense for them. Does he want to go to Phoenix though? I don't, that we don't well, know. Well, yeah, yeah. It makes a ton of sense. You're right. It makes a ton of sense for Phoenix. For him, he might be like, I don't really know. If if he's going to go somewhere and know that he's not going to really win, then it would be somewhere like New York where he has a relationship with exactly. Melo, you know, potentially coming back. New York City, the MBPA offices, maybe wanting to set up here when he retires. Maybe Well, now you're, now you're talking about some, right. some right. things. Then it's like, all right, if I'm not going to win a chip, because I know I'm not going to win a chip there in two years, if I'm not going to win a chip, at least I could kind of set up the next phase of all this stuff and be in New York. You know what yeah. I mean? So, Worst places you could be. 
right. as we as we know. Um, we 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 love it here. Um, I, I'm sure everybody listening knows knows where you're at. But could you, uh, if you don't mind, could you just tell people where? What's what's? Do you have anything coming out? Like what, what's going on? Yeah, what's what's up with yeah, you? Yeah. Um. Dropped two projects earlier this year, two EPs, uh, The Bluest Note with Dumbo Station, which is a jazz band out of Italy. So Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, we did this hip-hop jazz mashup uh, project earlier this year called The Bluest Note. That's out now. Milestones came out earlier this year, which was an EP I did solely dedicated to fatherhood. Uh, so that's out. It's named Milestones after my son, Miles. Um, and the milestones that one reaches when they become a father. So if you're a father or if you got your dad or if you had your dad or you never knew your dad, Milestones is a project for you regardless. So that's out now. And then uh, my next full-length album, All the Brilliant Things, is coming out uh, ASAP. I don't want to okay. put a date on it and then, you know, the date come and go because of COVID stuff. Yeah, um, sure. But ASAP, uh, that, that's coming soon. And, yeah, Twitter, at SkyZoo, S-K-Y-Z-O-O. Uh, Instagram at Skyzoo, the writer, everything spelled out right. I went to school. Um, and yeah, there it is. Beautiful. Um, listen, if you listen to this and you are not appreciating the talents of this man, um, please correct that because he is, he is, he is damn good. Um, and, and real quick, just, just to give you some love in return, man, yo, like, I don't know how it works at your house, but the amount of time that you put in on these newsletters, bro, like they read like book reports, <laughs> like so much info in them. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Because I think he's still a teacher. I know he's yeah. got a degree at home. I know, yeah. like, when is he doing this? Like, yo, they they just read like it's like reading a book and they're great. I rock them every one that I subscribed and all that. But thank I'm you. Just like, I don't know when he's doing this. Like, it's so much intel seven days a week. I don't know how he's doing it. I mean, it's a little different because what you do takes real talent. And what I do is just, oh. <laughs> no, but what you, when you love it. Yeah. When yeah. you, lo- I mean, you, you, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, days, nights, like you, you can't wait to get in the studio, right? Like that, <laughs> talk about corny. My laptop is my studio, right? When I get nice. That's, awesome. that's awesome. No, that's, it is what it, that's, that's what it is. Um, Okay, this was fun. You just made me blush now. I got to get the hell out of here. Um, <laughs> every, uh, stick around for one sec. Um, everybody at home, thank you for listening to another episode of the Next Film School Podcast. We'll be back with you with another one very soon. Giddy up. Giddy up.